Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is episode two of the Bunker Boys. Uh, as always, your co-host George uh, here with Slade um, had the Genesis Invitational this past weekend. Um, after the first three days, I really thought it was it was going to be boring, um, but f- Sunday provided some fireworks. Uh, so as always, uh, let's dive right into it. We got a lot to get through today. Um, Joaquin Neiman, uh, the story of the weekend. Um, got off to a hard start on Friday going eight under. Uh, he was three strokes ahead of anybody else in the field. Um, not that he came out of nowhere. He does have one other previous win, uh, but he really showed throughout the whole weekend, really, um, the, the quality of golfer he can be. And I'm excited to see him play throughout the rest of the year. Yeah, it was, it was really impressive to see his Thursday round there. Um, on Thursday, Spaeth and Thomas definitely both looked back to their form after not a horrible, but not really great waste ma- waste management open going five and four under respectively. Yeah, uh, it, it was nice to see their names uh, again up there on the leaderboard. Um, I mean, two really classy guys, really fun to watch. Um, I know they've had their struggles here lately, so yeah, it was really good to see them again. Uh, Max Homa looked in contention early to defend his title at Riviera. Uh, he was tied for second at five under at the end of Friday. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, the winner last week, uh, continued his hot streak coming off that win, uh, also being tied for second at five under uh, at the end of Thursday. Yeah, they both definitely carried from one weekend into the next. Um, John Rahm, he's just continued with his uh, struggle, especially the putting. He uh, lost four strokes on the green, and his farthest made putt came in at about five feet on Thursday. So then, yeah, we, we picked right back up where we left off on Friday. Uh, Neiman continued to play loose. He said he was out there just having fun. Um, shot another 63 on Friday. Um, he knew it was going to be a good day when he eagled the very first hole, which is very tough to do at that course. Um, he then went on to break the 36-hole course record at 126. Uh, Cameron Young had just set the record only 20 minutes before that. Um so it was, it was a great day of golf on Friday. Uh, Neiman finished the day 16 under. Yeah, it's definitely got to kind of be uh, worrisome if you're the rest of the field. Um, if Nyman says that he's playing loose and just having fun out there. <laughs> Cameron Smith definitely uh, really had a great Friday. Like you said, he uh, originally set the course record. I think his record was 128, and then it was broken 20 minutes later at 126. He... Uh, had a great Friday. He shot 62, four straight birdies to close out his round. He thought he had it, but <laughs> jo- Joaquin Nyman said, not today. <laughs> that is certainly the case. Uh, Adam Scott, a two-time winner at Riviera. Um, he had a great two first days. Uh, kept himself in the top five. Shot a 133 through the first two days. Um, I mean, his name is is always usually tends to be up there throughout different tournaments. Obviously, Riviera has been very good to him. Uh, you and I were talking about this just before we hopped on, and I should, I I can't get over his putting. Set. It's just so awkward. It like bothers me to watch sometimes. But um, great day for him the first two days, nonetheless. Yeah, it's almost like he's golfing with a pool stick. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but uh, Spaeth and Thomas they both continued to look strong and back into their form. They continued to stay in the top going into Saturday, which was really good for them. Yeah, um, like I said, I love watching those two play. So, yeah, to see them, you know, up there competing 
uh, to be in you know the top five at the end of the two days was was great to see. Uh, as always, Friday is cut day. Uh, had a couple big names miss a cut uh, on Friday. There was a late shift. Originally, it looked like uh, even par was going to be the cut. Um, and I believe like the last group, it finally shifted to plus one being the cut. Um, but here are the notable names that missed the cut this week. Uh, we had Luke List uh, going plus one. Dustin Johnson was at plus two, along with Bubba Watson. Brooks Kepka uh, really struggled this week, uh, going plus three. Kevin Na was always at plus three. And Taylor Gooch, coming off an impressive waste management open, uh, misses a cut at a plus eight. Yeah, I think he just had a rough rough first two days there that yeah. he couldn't recover from. Um, on Saturday, it was almost off-brand after shooting two 63s. Um, Joaquin Nyman shot a 68. He still had a lot of control heading into Sunday. He had three under on the front nine and an eagle on 10 that had him looking like a runaway train, but he finished the round at plus two, letting the others stay in touch. He also etched his name into the record books again at Riviera with a 54-hole first course record at 194. Just continuing his uh, hot streak into the Sunday. Yeah, um, really impressive to see how he just took control of this tournament. Uh, Cameron Young had an up-and-down day on Saturday. Uh, he was still in contention after 54 holes. Um, he put it on the in the bunker on 1-16, and 16, uh, ended up with a 69. Nice. Um, and it, at the end of the day, he was only three back going into Friday. Um, which the way Neiman was playing, just nobody thought really that anybody would be three back, especially after, like I said, putting those putting those two shots in the bunkers. But he had a great day of recovering. Yeah, I agree. I, I was kind of happy that he, he was so close just because it kind of led for a little bit of drama for Sunday, you know, someone at least close enough. <laughs> that they don't have to be really stretching themselves too far to try and catch up. Right. Um, Victor Hovland, he shot the round of the day on Saturday at a 65, put himself into contention for the final round. He was about six back from the leader at that time. Really, really good Saturday for him. Yeah, um, yeah it's weird. Usually 65 at any other tournament would put you you know, right up there with the leaders, but uh, six back in this tournament, uh, nothing to be upset with. Um, Thomas uh, went 12 under. Um, Continued to play well and keep himself in the conversation. Um, wasn't really in threatening distance, I would say, going into, into Sunday. Um, but it's really good to see him get into this form now as the season's just starting to pick up here. Uh, I think he's going to be trending upwards, especially you know come April and Augusta. Um, I think that's a tournament that's always just been a thorn in his side, and it'd be nice to see him play really well there this year. Yeah, I agree. I think that... He's trending in the correct direction that he needs to be for April. Um, Jordan Spieth, he he just he couldn't keep it his Friday and Saturday, or I mean his uh, Thursday Friday going on uh, Saturday. He definitely had a rough day. That uh, he was plus two for the day. It kept him out of the top five, but definitely still had a chance if other people were kind of not having their best Sundays, but. Yeah, not as good as his Thursday Friday. No, definitely not. Um, again, it was it was good to see him have two pretty good days though. Uh, I think him along with Thomas, um, 
he's played really well at Augusta before. I mean, I know this is over a month away. Uh, there's plenty of golf to be played to, to get everything right before that. So he's another one to keep your eye on come that time. Uh, another golfer, Slade and I like to keep our eye on is Ricky Fowler. We're both huge fans of his. Um, doing his comeback tour this year. Um, continuing to make steady improvements. He made the cut this week, which is huge for him. Uh, played really well overall. I think he ended up 55th overall. Uh, but, you know, after all the ties and everything. But, uh, nonetheless, it was great to see him just make the cut. And he was playing really well at times this weekend. Yeah, he had some some great shots this weekend. Really, uh, really great for him to continue striving to get back to where he needs to be on the comeback tour. <laughs> um, on Sunday, Joaquin Neiman, he wrapped up an absolutely dominant weekend by going wire to wire for the first time since 1963 that that's been done. This is his second tour win. He uh, shot even on the day and did just enough to avoid the big mistakes and keep the field at bay. He electrified the, cloud, or the crowd on 11 with a beautiful eagle chip. Yeah, I was at a... Uh... We went to a brewery yesterday, um, and I, I had my phone up, and I was flipping back and forth between this and the Daytona 500, and I just happened to flip back in time to watch that chip, and it was just ridiculous to watch. Uh, we had Colin Morikawa. Uh, did not go down without a fight on Sunday. Uh, he started eight back of Neiman. Uh, he shot a 65 uh, to finish two back at 17 under. Uh, a bogey on three proved costly, as being one back could have possibly put more pressure on Neiman. Um, and you know, provided a little bit more excitement to the finish. But at the end of the day, it was just Neiman's weekend. Uh, you know, he just was making. He made a few mistakes, yeah, but he was just making them at, you know, not the wrong times. Um, calm and collected all weekend. Yeah, he uh, he definitely made it hard on the rest of the field to play catch up the entire weekend. Um, Cameron Young, he uh, just couldn't avoid the mistakes coming into the day. Just three back and making four birdies. Three very costly bogeys ended up ruining the rookies' round and ending the tournament tied for second. Yeah, uh, I mean, like it was a, it was almost a repeat of last weekend um, with the gala. Uh, it almost looks like the pressure maybe got to him a little bit. Uh, he was trying to do too much. Um, he just knew how hot Neiman was, and I think he was just trying to take too many risks. Um, but as a rookie, I mean, hey, you take that, you learn. Um, be great to see him. I know he said he wants to play next weekend at the Honda Classic. Uh, it'd be great to see him there, but we will see. Uh, Adam Scott and Victor Hovland uh, rounded out the top five. They both tied at 14 under uh, for fourth place. Um, it's a great overall tournament. It was great to see some guys play well. Um, but yeah, Joaquin Neiman just absolutely dominated the weekend. Yeah, there were some great points for multiple guys. Like you had said, we were Spaeth and Thomas both had Pretty good weekends and uh, keeping up on Ricky Fowler as always and his uh, comeback tour. Great, great tournament. Um, next, we have the uh, FedEx Cup Top 10. Coming in at 10th, we have Colin Morikawa at 730 points. At 9th is Cameron Smith with 754. 8th is Sam Burns with 776. 7th is Joaquin Neiman with 792. Sixth is Luke List with 803. Fifth, Sunji Kim with 895. Fourth was Taylor Gooch with 1,001. And uh, last week's winner coming in at third was Scotty Scheffler with 1,064. 
At second was Tom Hodge with uh, 1116. And first for the second week of our podcast, Hideki Matsuyama with 1,276 points. Yeah, Matsuyama's going to be tough to catch here for a couple weeks just because he got off to such a big start uh, at the beginning of the year, uh, having two wins already. Uh, But we're getting some really big tournaments here. A lot more bigger names are going to show up. Um, So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch throughout the summer. Um, Got some news. Um, Not breaking or anything. Uh, but it really picked up last week. Uh, a lot of talk from the Saudi Super Golf League. Uh, the story has kind of floated around for a couple years. Um, it seems like every other year, it, news comes out that Saudi Arabia's government is trying to do this. Um, but really picked up this week. Um, and it looks like already, after this past weekend, they might be dead in the water. Uh, numerous golfers had already publicly turned down their proposed league, including Roy McIlroy, uh, Tiger Woods, Colin Morikawa, Justin Thomas, Brooks Kepka, and, and a whole bunch of others. Um, but Phil Mickelson has thrown a couple jabs at the PGA Tour, and many believe that Bryson DeChambeau was going to jump ship to go over there. Uh, maybe he wasn't really out due to his injury. He just you know, didn't want to chance it. But um, the, the proposed league was a talk of the tournament this weekend, overshadowing a lot of the play. I know this is what a lot of... The bloggers and everybody else, the writers were talking about more so over the golf. Um, the the players weren't really happy about that, uh, and a lot more players came out this weekend to dispel any rumors that they would be leaving. Uh, the league is a proposed league backed by the Saudi government that will pay players in contracts rather than winnings, which they say the PGA Tour takes way too much of a chunk of. Um, they're guaranteeing guaranteeing money basically, and it's rumored that. Uh, a lot of big names have been offered $35 million, um, some even more than that. Uh, now, not everybody has confirmed those numbers or anything like that. It's, just, it's all rumors at this point. Um, but Mickelson came out and backed the league, saying, despite horrible accusations against the Saudi government, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to reshape how the PGA Tour operates. They have been able to get away with manipulative, coercive, strong-arm tactics because we, the players had no recourse. Many players took offense to these comments and spoke out against Phil this weekend, including Rory, who said, I don't want to kick someone while he's down, but I thought the comments were naive, selfish, egotistical, ignorant. Um, as quickly as it seemed, this league was a possibility and maybe gone now, for now, with more players declaring over the weekend their loyalty to the PGA, including Max Homa, Dustin Johnson, and Bryson DeChambeau. It'll be interesting who, if anyone, will join Phil and if not, how will Phil be received at any possible future events? Uh, will he play in the PGA again? And is his reputation damaged forever? Now, this is a guy, uh, you and I again, before we're talking, his career overall was on a downswing. He did win the PGA Championship last year. Um, but other than that, uh, he doesn't play every week. Um, he's missed a lot of cuts. You know, barely keeping himself above the cut line if he does make the cut. Um, just, it, it's going to be really interesting to see if, if everything here does fall through, um, if he does come back and play any events, and you know is, is anybody going to welcome him, uh, that kind of thing. Yeah, well, what's your thoughts on the you get paid basically for a season instead of off of your placement? Well, what do you, do you think that that was ever going to pick up? Do you think that that's something that the PGA will take over someday, or do you think that uh-huh. it's just a stupid thought? No, I, I, I don't hate the idea. Um, 
I think, you know, paying 35 mil for some of these guys is a little ridiculous. And I, I just understand at this point just because that's the money they have. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing, uh, like, PJ Tour contracts. I just think the only issue is there, there's so many. Um, and then you have all these other guys from the Corn Ferry Tour, things like that, trying to make it up. Um, but I, I, it's, I don't think it, it's a logistical issue, first of all. But at the end of the day, if, I wouldn't hate if everybody signed a baseline contract like, hey, you're guaranteed, um, let's say, $500,000 this year. And then they, they maybe take the prize pool down a little bit. And then you still get your cuts of the prize money. Um, just because I think that's what's fair, um, but I don't. The way I think of it, yeah. I guess in my head, is almost do it like NASCAR drivers do it. Like you, you have your contracts, you're getting paid X amount, but if you win a race or whatever, then you you take home a little bit more money. Yeah, because I mean, Bryson DeChambeau, all these guys, they're they're making the majority of their money off of their sponsorships, not off of winning the tournament. Right. Bryson DeChambeau is making his money off of whoever sponsors his golf bag, uh, Puma, like the different brands that he's wearing, you know. So right. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if ever. Yeah, I don't think it'll ever happen. Um, I mean, and I know the, the the players have their committees and stuff like that, and that maybe that is something that you know they they want to start pushing an issue here. Um, yeah, I I just think it's not something that we're gonna see next year anyway. I think I think it's gonna take yeah, a long time. It's definitely based on your your play. Yeah, and it has been for a while, which I think is a good thing, also. Yeah, absolutely. Um, moving into next week, we're uh. Moving from one coast to the next, the Honda Classics going to be at Palm Beach, Florida. Um, the d- defending champ is Matt Jones, who won by five strokes over Brandon Hagee last year. Yeah, uh, it's nice to see the golf swing to the East Coast here. Um, would love to try and get to an event. The normal Charlotte event um, was moved to Maryland this year because um, wow. uh, Charlotte is hosting the uh, not not the, the President's Cup. That's what it is this year. Um, so I have to wait until September for golf to be in Charlotte, but I know there's one in I think Greensboro, um, and a couple other courses that are you know within like a weekend trip away that I'd love to to get to go see sometime this year. Uh, I know you and I would love to get to a tournament together sometime. We'll see if we can make that happen. Um, go over the course layout just like we did last week. Um, definitely one of the most difficult courses uh, out there. Um, de- uh, designed by Jack Nicholas. Um, and he does not take it easy on the competitors. Uh, but a beautiful course nonetheless right there in Palm Beach. Uh, so hole one, we got a par four sitting at 349 yards. Uh, downhill fairway with trees and palmetto bushes down the right side of the fairway. Uh, a green is protected by a full left side bunker. And a small right front bunker uh, offers challenges at the pin is placed in the back left or front right for the golfers. Yeah, um, moving to hole two, it's a par four, 442 yards. It's a long green that kicks left from the fairway, protected by a bunker along the left side. It's definitely going to offer plenty of challenges for the weekend from all distances on approach. Yeah. Uh, hole three, we switch to a par five, sitting at 529 yards. A green, again protected by a long left side bunker, will keep your ball from the water if you gamble for the green in two. But the right side bunker can make it difficult for an up and down on the hole. Yeah, definitely going to be hard. Um, moving into the fourth hole, it's a par four at 389 yards. It's a former par three before the redesign of this course with an elevated and heavily bunkered green awaiting the golfers. 
Anyone who happens to leave their shot long and off the back of the green will have to deal with the thick grass that's on the back to recover with. Yeah, uh, Nicholas loves his uh, green bunkers here, and it's it's going to make it interesting all weekend. Uh, if I mean, if your iron shots or your wedge shots are off, um, you're going to have a tough time at this tournament. Uh, the uh, fifth hole is a par three, sitting at 188 yards. Uh, the first hole with a real water hazard as it runs all the way down the left side of the, I guess you could call it still a fairway. Um, a deceiving green uh, on a hole that plays downwind offers a huge challenge this weekend. Yeah, the sixth hole is a par four. Um, it's 469 yards. It's another hole with water down the left from the tee to the greens that offers a huge challenge to those with a heavy draw. The green nestles right up to the or sorry, yeah, the green wrestles right up to the green on the left, making a left side pin, especially back left, extremely difficult for the golfers this weekend. And the guy that wrote this up should uh, do better with his words. Damn. <laughs> uh, hole seven, we switched to a par three at 196 yards. Uh, large waste bunkers on the right and trees on the left, not to mention the long green that is four club lengths and difference. Um, just real quick for anybody that doesn't know what that means. Um, so from front to back, a lot of golfers, that distance will switch between four different clubs. Um, but yeah, it's a huge challenge to anybody struggling with their shots. Um, and it, it, the tight fairway doesn't make anything easy. Yeah, um, moving into the eighth. It's a par four, 430 yards. The canal cuts the fairway just before the green, challenging the players to place a layup perfectly to make the approach easier. To a green cuddled by two bunkers on the front right and left. Um, hole nine is a par four sitting at 410 yards. Another green that kicks left of the fairway with a large bunker on the front left and tall grass down the back presenting challenges. Uh, for the players, if they leave their approach short or long, um, again, loves his green bunkers here. Yeah, it's very apparent. <laughs> the 10th hole, <laughs> par 4, it's 514 yards. The trees guard the right side and try to prevent, prevent players from using the ninth fairway to cut around the pot bunker, guarding the front of the green. It's reachable in two if you can hit the oddly shaped green over the bunker. Yeah, it's, it's really weird. It, when I looked at the pictures, I didn't even realize it was there at first. Um, 11, we go to a par 4, sitting at 451 yards. The course only gets more difficult from here. If your second shot misses the green, it could derail everything with water cupping the right side and a large bunker on the left. Yeah, I'd be in that water every time. <laughs> Moving to the 12th hole, it's a par 4. It's 430 yards, one of the flattest greens on the course, but is also surrounded by a bunker on the front right, making that pin location very challenging. Hole 13 is a par 4 sitting at 386 yards. Water down the right and a steep face 200 yard bunker on the left. An elevated green presents an endless list of challenges uh, and entertainment factors. Moving on to the 14th, it's a par 4, reaches 466 yards. It's a close out of bounds, oh, sorry, a close out of bounds left and behind the green calls for a perfect approach. This begins what most call the toughest final holes. Oh, yeah, sorry. The toughest final five holes in golf. <laughs> uh, hole 15 is a par three at 169 yards. The first hole of what players call the bear trap 
is a difficult par 3 with bunkers on the left that many will utilize to avoid the water on the right with a raised back of the green that'll slope any ball forward. Yeah, moving on to the 16th, it's another par 4 at 429 yards. Dogleg right fairway with a hard slope going right towards the water. A bunker does catch some balls, but those that try and bail left are faced with 220-yard shot over the water. 17, uh, the last hole of this so-called bear trap, uh, is a par 3 at 143 yards, a 30-foot green with water down the right and a bunker down the left length of the hole will set up an exciting ending come Sunday. Yeah, and the final hole of these 18 holes is a par 5. It's 553 yards long. The water follows the hole from start to finish on the right side, and there's bunkers on the left as you approach. There's a large bunker on the back right that provides a challenging finish to this challenging course and a fantastic finish. I don't think I can fit the word finish in there anymore. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we reached in our box named Sam uh, and asked him for the term of the week and a player profile again. Uh, and here's what we got. So term of the week, uh, he said tee box. Uh, the tee box is the area at the beginning of the hole where the players can tee the ball up to hit it. This is the only area uh, on any hole that they can use tees. Very interesting. <laughs> um, the player profile for the week is none other than the GOAT, Tiger Woods. He was born December 30th, 1975. He turned pro in 1996. And he has 82 tour wins, which is tied with Sam Snead for the most, including 15 majors. Those majors include five Masters, four PGA Championships, three U.S. Opens, and three British Opens. With his 2001 Masters victory, he became the first player to hold all four professional majors at the same time. He completed the career Grand Slam at the 2000 British Open and just over a year ago when he was leaving the Genesis Invitational, Woods was unfortunately involved in a serious accident where he would later learn he almost lost his legs. He is currently making strides in his recovery, albeit not as fast as he would like, and hopes to play golf again on tour. I know that this weekend they had asked him multiple times if he's going to play. Is he going to play? Is he going to play again? And uh, he stated both times that I got to see him ask this question that he is definitely going to play on tour again, that the time frame is just unknown. Yeah. Um, I saw the interview, I think, yeah, uh, with Jim Nance on Saturday. And I was telling you, I think he asked them like five times in like a minute span. Are you, are, is it going to be this year? What about the masters? What if it's like, and you could like just see like the look on Woods's face is like, okay, damn, like let, let me get my shit figured out here. That kind of thing. Um, yeah. I mean, I always loved watching tiger growing up. Uh, I started to watch golf, uh, right, you know, towards the end of his like peak. Um, but still always very fun to watch. Um, very excited. Uh, for you know his recovery to continue, I uh, hope he can start to make some bigger strides here. Uh, would love to see him on the tour this year, um, but nonetheless, whenever he comes back, I, I'll be very excited to see that. Yeah. So, um, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, I th I think that a lot of people are just expecting him to come back super fast, just because I mean he's had how many back surgeries? He's changed his golf swing countless times, and each right. time it seems like he does it flawlessly and is quick quicker than what doctors even say that he's able to come back, you know? So it's just crazy that yeah. he's like, 
just give me my time. <laughs> yeah, but what at the same time, I have I like to see him taking his time with it. One because like he, this was far serious than anything else I think he's ever dealt with. Um, but I think more so he's doing it and taking his time with it because when he wants when he whenever he is ready to come back, I don't think he wants to come back for just one more tournament. Like he doesn't want to come back and do the Masters one more time. Like I think he would like to like do a not a full season, but do multiple tournaments. Uh, whether he, he called it his farewell tour or whatever. Um, but I think he wants to come back and play meaningful golf at multiple tournaments and, and stuff like that. So I think that's why he's really focusing on, hey, I want to I make my recovery right and do this properly, um, not just throw myself out there for the Masters or something and then risk getting hurt worse and then I can't come back ever. Um, so that's my two cents on it at least. But yeah, yeah. nonetheless... Uh, that will do it for our episode this week. Uh, thank you guys, as always, uh, for checking us out. We will be back next Monday to break down the uh, Honda Classic in Palm Beach. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, beautiful course. And Nick, um, the other uh, host of Jack Wagon Sports, um, him and I are playing golf this weekend, so we will have our first ever golf vlog out. Uh, Slade and I are working up on setting a time where him and I can get out together. Um, so lots of interesting content on the way. Uh, as always, please go check out the other podcast. Uh, Slade, you got anything else to say? Yeah, I, I agree. I think that everyone needs to check out the uh, the fucking Hosier show tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a lot of fun to do. Uh, it's it's <laughs> been a lot of fun to to get Nick. I'm getting him into golf now too, but getting him into hockey has been just a lot of fun to watch. So we have a lot of fun doing that show. Uh, and off the pace, uh, the racing show will be out Wednesday. We'll break down the Daytona 500 and get you ready for the IndyCar season. Uh, so lots of stuff coming your way this week. Um, other than that, everybody have a wonderful night. Have a wonderful week. Uh, we will see you next week.